GoneMobile.io. It's Gone Mobile. Welcome back to Gone Mobile. Today we're joined by Barnabas Biermacher and Daniel Bala from BitRise. Thanks for joining us, guys. Hi, guys. Thank you for having us. Hi. Thanks for having us. Our pleasure. So, so there's a lot to talk about here, and, and BitRise has been gaining a lot of steam lately, especially with the recent announcements around Xamarin support, and so in, in the Xamarin world in particular. But, but kind of let's go, let's start at the beginning first. So, like, what, what is BitRise, and what are you guys offering? Sure. So, uh, BitRise is a continuous integration and delivery service. Uh, we're focusing for mobile, uh, mobile developers. So basically, uh, just to start from the, the beginning, uh, the normal way is you sit down, uh, write the code, and after that do the automatic test, tests, uh, deploy the code to Hockey app, uh, send it out to your clients, to the QA team, and so on. And basically, this is, uh, includes a lot of manual tasks, and it takes up a lot of time. And instead of that, uh, you can use continuous integration and delivery. So basically, when you create a feature, send it to, let's say, GitHub, we can simply automatically download the code and automatically uh, run the unit test for you, deploy it to the different services, and also notify all your users about it. So basically, that's that's the, the base about it. And the interesting thing that uh, when you're running something, it's you're running a workflow, and one workflow consists of smaller uh, steps, integrations. And one step is responsible for one thing, like uh, running a build or deploying to Hockey App and so on. And the nice thing about it is all of these integrations are open source. So you can check them on GitHub and simply just check how we did it and contribute it or even create your own and add it to our library. So in this case, you can uh, reuse all of these integrations. And thankfully for this, uh, we were able to add Xamarin, uh, as you uh, mentioned before. Cool. So yeah, there's a lot to, to kind of dissect in there and, and start digging into. Um, but but kind of before we get into that, I'm kind of curious, like, what what drove you guys to to start, um, you know, start your own CI offering? You know, like the, there's a few different ones out there. Some of them do like some things and not others. So I'm, I'm kind of curious what the, the driving force was that, that made you guys start up BitRise. Uh, actually, when we started uh, writing the first code to BitRise, uh, at that time uh, I had another company, a mobile development agency. Uh, we were mostly focusing on iOS and Android apps, and we wanted to use something like this, but we weren't able to come, uh, come up with a good solution. So instead of that, we started creating our own uh, system. And after a while, it turned out that other guys are interested in it. <laughs> And we created a private beta around uh, 2014, October, November. And it's basically, we didn't really mention it anywhere. And one of our users just decided to send it up to Product Hunt. And after that, we just couldn't stop. (laughs) (laughs) So what platforms do you actually support then? Uh, At the beginning, we started only with iOS. So this was the platform that uh, we know the most. And after that, uh, I would say uh, in June, we released the uh, Android support. And uh, in a couple of months after that, the Xamarin. And currently, uh, officially, we have iOS, Android, and Xamarin. But all of our infrastructure, so the VMs, are also open source. So you can see how we uh, create uh, the VMs, Android, and iOS. And thanks to this, uh, you can simply just request to add a new, a new thing to it. Basically, you can use it to do anything. 
So it seems like it's really heavily mobile focused, and obviously that was the inspiration for it. Do you have people using it for non-mobile things as well? Uh, actually, we have, and uh, we are also deploying the Bitrise uh, servers and everything with it. Uh, but as you said, it, it's basically just a focus thing. So we currently want to go full ahead with the, with the mobile, and after that we can we can basically expand it to web or something like that. And you mentioned your your infrastructure there and and virtual machines. Can you kind of talk about like what what your infrastructure looks like and and how mm-hmm. you kind of enable all these different environments? So when we started, we started using Mac Minutes. Uh, the problem with that uh, was that we had to send out all the VMs to each of the Mac Mini, and it basically took up a lot of time. Uh, we are hosting all the machines at Mac Stadium. So after that, uh, we decided to go with a vSphere, vSphere environment. Uh, Victor Benet did all, all of this. Uh, uh, he can, he can, uh, actually, I think we are going to start, uh, create a blog post in the near future about it so with all the details. But with the vSphere environment, uh, the interesting part was that, that we were able to boot up all these virtual machines instantly uh, from one place, and we don't really have to spend time to send out all the images. And thanks to this, uh, we can simply just boot up new and new images instantly instead of waiting a couple of days to be able to do that. And the Android ones are running on uh, GCE. Cool. So then, like, what operating systems are you using in there? Is that um, is it OS ten? Do you have any Linux environments as well? Uh, on the Mac side, the latest one, so Capitan, and uh, we are trying to basically be up to date as soon as possible. And on the Android side, uh, we are using Ubuntu Images. Okay, and. You know, since you guys are using virtual machines, is, is there any opportunity for customers to say, like, provide their own virtual machine images to use for this, or do you, are you kind uh, of s- stuck with the the preset ones that that you guys are offering? Actually, we were thinking about it, but for the Mac side, we we are going with the ones that we have. But of course, as I said, you can see how we are creating them on GitHub. So we have a command line interface, and you can simply just create your own images, and after that, do the same as we are doing uh, in a hosted environment. Uh, but on the Android side, uh, we are heavily using Docker, and also you can use our Docker image to create your own, or just simply set your own, and after that, you can you can use your own. Do you have any plans to add support for Windows, like Windows Phone development? Uh, actually, we are currently thinking about it. It can be interesting, but we don't have an ETA for that. But uh, I would say we are really happy with thinking, thinking about it. Oh, nice. So can you dig in a little bit more into the uh, Xamarin integration? Like, How does that work exactly with your, your environment? Mm-hmm. So uh, the Xamarin apps are basically running on the uh, Mac OS and infrastructure. Uh, you can run the iOS and Android apps uh, on it. And today I just got a PR from Oleg Demchenko uh, from Xamarin with the Xamarin.Mac support. So hopefully it will be uh, in the system pretty, uh, pretty soon. Uh, currently you're able to run iOS and Android apps only. Uh, the framework support is uh, adding, uh, we are going to add it pretty soon. And after that, all the integrations like the Xamarin Test Cloud um, Insights. Oh insights, yeah, thanks. Okay, and the insights are, uh, are all inside. So you can simply just drag and drop all of them into your work, uh, workflow and you can run it uh, every time you, you kick off a new build. 
So can you like do you support multiple versions of Xamarin? Like, is there any way to switch between the stable and alpha and beta channels? Yeah. Uh, so we have a kind of a regression protection there. So we have all the latest images uh, from stable, from beta, and from alpha, and uh, you can simply just select for which project, uh, which uh, which machine you would like to use. It's just a simply simple drop down that you can pick it, and after that you're ready to go. So then, are you basically like if I'm I'm someone using Bitrise for my Xamarin apps? Am I essentially saying that I want to be on, say, the the stable channel, and then that'll kind of keep up to date as updates go to the stable channel? Or am I? Is there any ability to say I want to lock to this particular version of Xamarin iOS or Android? Uh, currently, you can only lock the channels. Uh, we. Also, uh, talking about it through with the team to have different uh, bigger versions uh, support, but currently the main idea is to, uh, as soon as possible, update all the channels, and it will update all the uh, VMs for the users. You mentioned adding support for Test Cloud, um, and so naturally UI test is a, a question, like the, the thing that actually powers your tests on Test Cloud. Do you ha- are you going to have any support for running UI tests like on the bots themselves, or is it just going to be going to push up to Test Cloud? Uh, it's just going to currently just going to push up to Test Cloud. Uh, as I said, all the integrations are open source, so uh, if it can be a pretty nice addition, uh, you can request it on our side, or if you have time, you can simply just add it to Bitrise, and we are pretty happy to uh, to showcase it. Yeah, I mean, speaking from experience of trying to run um, UI test stuff on Mac Minis, it, it can get pretty gnarly when you're you're trying to use the higher res uh, iOS simulators. Like I know our Mac Mini starts. I, I keep thinking I'm going to set it on fire every time I try and run <laughs> like a UI test build that ro- loads up like the Retina iPad or iPad Pro. It, it's re- it makes it really unhappy. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Uh, in this case, it's it's a lot easier to use a CI environment because. Uh, it's going to get on fire instead of your machine. <laughs> <laughs> it's always preferred. Yeah. Um, so outside of like uh, UI test, then like, do you, is there any built-in unit testing support for for Xamarin, mm-hmm. say through like yeah. NUnit or XUnit? Uh, currently, you can use the NUnit. Uh, XUnit is requested, but not uh, in the system. Of course, uh, we have uh, a batch script step, so you can simply just call uh, the exact command. Also, you can install all the requirements for that, but it's not. Uh, instantly supported, but uh, to do that, uh, you can use the end units. Hey everyone, this episode is brought to you by Raygun. Raygun is an essential tool for every developer, helping you detect and diagnose your errors in real time so your team can fix bugs faster. Just a few lines of code is all it takes to get started, and you'll be amazed how quickly you start receiving reports from all of your apps. Why wait for frustrated users to notify you when they hit a bug, and then spend your time digging through log files? Raygun notifies you immediately and with all the information you need. Raygun keeps everyone informed, so whether you have 1 or 100 developers, you'll get everything you need to become an awesome development team. Start your free trial today at raygun.io and make sure to thank them for sponsoring Gone Mobile. So it seems like this is mostly geared towards like actual mobile applications. Do you have people yep. building libraries as well like for mobile applications within the process? Uh, they started. Uh, currently, we are actively talking with them, uh, basically because I would like to add this support uh, as a neat addition to the to the integrations. So we are currently testing it to be sure it's working out as good as possible, 
and in a couple of weeks or in a month we are going to release it. So uh, the thing that's basically happening there, when you create your account, you can simply just select uh, the repository from GitHub, Bitbucket, or uh, for any Git uh, repository. And after that, when you selected the repository, we are going to download it and uh, scan, uh, scan the repository itself. And after that, we are able to detect if it's an iOS, Android, and framework application and instantly give you a workflow that basically runs uh, and creates all the necessary deployments for you. I can say from experience too that that I am currently using Bitrise for for a couple library projects, so so it does work. I know you had enabled um, the that new experimental stuff that you were talking about on one of them, and for a different one, I'm actually using custom scripts to to you know build the library and even publish to NuGet and stuff. So so that stuff is working pretty nicely. So basically, as I said, we just want to uh, be sure that everything is cool, and after that, we can do the type live. I'm pretty sure that uh, lots of users are going to love it. <laughs> so, what's the actual uh, uptake with Xamarin been like? I, I don't know how much you want to share about that, but are you seeing like a really big trend towards Xamarin users coming to your service? Yeah, uh, yeah. So we actually uh, Xamarin reached out to us, and we started basically working together. And uh, from that point, it's growing pretty fast, and we totally love it, uh, what's happening there. And also, uh, we are actively trying to create a really nice community uh, around Bitrise with the integrations, with the public selection, and so on. And I'm pretty happy to say that the Xamarin community is, is totally uh, great to work with. So I remember hearing some talk uh, originally when the, when this was kind of announced and your partnership was announced, but also Xamarin's like kind of foray into to partnering with with CI providers like you guys, um, where they, they were kind of curious to to have some sort of like higher level data of builds that start breaking, you know, in alpha channel versus beta and stable, so that you know to give them kind of a smoke test of um, maybe some some problems in in those builds. Is is that something that you guys are are looking at at all? Uh, yeah, so with the promotion, uh, we had about uh, a couple of hundred of users there. And uh, thanks to this, uh, currently also we are working with Xamarin and uh, basically sending uh, them as much uh, bugs as possible that we are able to find out with the, with the latest alpha stuff. And when you do that, like, what are you actually providing back to, to Xamarin then? Uh, most of the time uh, what we see is... Uh, in, from the logs that basically if we release a new alpha channel that we see that if we are calling this there's a lot lots of failing uh, on that side uh, from that point uh, first of all we make sure that uh, it's not uh, on our side so with uh, inside the scripts actually there was one thing that it turned out that uh, we had to use it something uh, somehow else uh, but if it's uh, inside the channel basically we are going to send the logs and all the reproducible way to, to to make sure that it's happening on their side. And after that, they can simply just create a new ch uh, new release, and we can simply update the VM and make sure it's it's working out pretty great. That's awesome. So, so one thing you've kind of mentioned a couple times is workflows, and this is where things start to get really interesting for for users of the service to start defining what what CI really means for an application. So, can can we dig into that a bit? Yeah, sure. Uh, so the interesting part, so the workflow is uh, a set of integrations. And the nice thing uh, is that if you're using Gitflow, so basically you have a feature branch to uh, to deploy all the feature, uh, to 
develop all the features, you're going to have a develop branch where you are uh, moving, where it's merging uh, the features inside, and the master branch to uh, to deploy your app to, uh, let's say, apps to the app store. And with the workflows, you can for one application, you can create three uh, workflows. The one workflow with the feature is going to run your, let's say, the unit tests and basically nothing else. Uh, the develop branch is going to, again, uh, run the unit tests and after that, uh, deploy the app to Hockey App, and the master is going to deploy the application to the App Store. And thanks to this workflow system, it can be added to one application, and you don't really have to think about it how it's done. You, you're basically going to get notified if any part of it, uh, it, get, it, get, it gets broken. And also with the GitHub and Bitbucket integration, we can simply just send back all of these information to their sites. So when you're reviewing the PRs, you can simply say that if there was any problem or not. Also, just one addition to what Barnabas said, you can also chain these workflows together. So if uh, you can specify if a workflow uh, succeeds, then uh, the next workflow should run, which is a pretty neat feature, I think. Nice. So, so what does it look like to de define these workflows? Is that done all through the, the BitRise UI? Uh, actually, there are two options. So there's the advanced and the not-so-advanced way. Uh, for the not-so-advanced way, we have a visual editor. Uh, you're going to see a simple stream, and you can simply drag and drop all of these integrations next to each other. And when you click on one integration, you can just simply put all the input, uh, inputs to the required fields. And the other one is uh, the normal way, uh, YML, YAML editor. You can simply just, uh, you have a format to, to do that. Uh, basically, you can see it on our site. And simply in one file, you can define everything. Actually, the visual workflow editor is going to uh, create this YML in the background. So basically, that's what we are using behind the scenes. Do you find that most people are, are using custom YAML scripts or are most people able to kind of accomplish what they need to do right through the, the UI editor? Uh, I would say the interesting part that if they are not able uh, to use uh, one of our integrations, uh, they're going to create a custom one. But most of the time, they're also sending this into the system, and that's, that's pretty cool. Right. So since you mentioned that the the UI piece is just going to generate that YAML behind the scenes. Like if I, if I had a workflow, if I started de defining a workflow through the UI and then I said, oh, well, I, I want to like kind of tweak things and, and tune things a little bit, am I able to kind of grab the, the current state of the YAML as my starting point or would I have to start totally. over then? Totally. So there's a simple tab uh, navigation there. You have the visual one, but you can simply just switch uh, to the YAML. And after that, you can do all the tweaks. Nice, nice. Um, and, and one of the other big things of, you know, setting up these CI environments and workflows and all that is setting up different triggers, right? So, like, mm -hmm. what kind of triggers do you, do you guys support for, for starting different workflows? Uh, the basic ones are, so basically a trigger is something that's going to kick off one of uh, the workflows. So you can say that if that happens, I would like to run that workflow. Uh, we are supporting two types, so basically the push and the pull requests. And the pull request is currently supported only uh, for GitHub, but uh, we are working on uh, the PR support for Bitbucket users also. Is there any sort of API that you expose where I mm -hmm. can, I yeah, can yeah, have some so sort of script or something externally that, that triggers uh, as well? There's a public API, so you can simply just call a URL with all the parameters. You can find uh, all the required fields uh, inside your application on Bitrise, and with a curl command, you can simply kick off the builds. 
And also, we have a scheduled build, so you can simply just schedule your nightly builds. And every day, your QA team is going to get a fresh new build in the morning. Oh, nice. So you mentioned that the workflows basically consist of a number of like integrations and different mm-hmm. steps. Can you talk about what some of those integrations actually are? Uh, yeah, sure. So basically here we can separate it to three parts. So the building, the deployment, and the notification. On the building side, uh, we have the X, uh, Xcode, Android builds, uh, Xamarin builds. Uh, on the deployment side, we have tons of uh, deployment solutions like uh, Mahoki app, uh, Testfury. Uh, Daniel, help me out here. Uh, you can... Uh Go to iTunes Connect with uh, Fastlane's Deliver or uh, Shenzhen. So or we have on the t- notification side Twilio, Slack, HipChat. So basically, every service that developers are used to and love are, are out there. Yeah, you. and I think from the start we have an integration, a funny one that basically just uh, echoes a nice joke into your workflow after a successful build. <laughs> That's clearly the most important Critical. integration. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I will admit that I actually I, I made an integration with uh, Installer app, and then you guys pulled that one in. So I was I kind of know what the process is myself. But can you can you explain just how easy it actually is to add your own integrations? Yeah. So basically, we have a command line interface uh, that's the same we are using uh, on Bitrise. So we want it to be as transparent for our users as possible. And uh, you can create your integration to just a simple bash script, stab.sh that we are going to call. But after that, you can use Ruby, Python, and so on. So it's totally up to you. And when you're ready, ready with the integration, you can simply create just a bitrise.yml file and add uh, a simple script. Also, you can copy-paste it from, uh, from our GitHub repository. Or when you create uh, the step with the bitrise CLI, it's going to be uh, ready for you. And you can simply just call bitrise run, share this step and it's going to share it uh, into our uh, library. After that, of course, we are doing a couple of PR reuse, and hopefully in a couple of uh, days, it's going to be in the, uh, in the sub-library. Nice, and you mentioned in passing their Fastlane, which is kind of a, uh, I, we've talked about, about it on, on this show in the past, um, but it's, got, it's a collection of a whole bunch of tools for interacting with, mm-hmm. um, you know, basically all the, the crazy things you have to do in the iOS world to, to provision and install apps and whatnot. Um, so like, what does your, your integration with Fastlane look like? Since I know Fastlane has its own fast file format mm-hmm. that um, I don't know if you're using that or calling the, the Ruby tools directly. Uh, so basically, currently Fastlane is pre-installed uh, on the machines and we are doing a weekly update. So trying to keep as up to date as possible. And uh, what we are doing there is basically calling it totally normally as you are doing it on your own device. Uh, so we're using the fast file. And after that, you can simply just drag the Fastlane integration, let us know which uh, lane uh, you would like to build, and that's all. And also, we are currently working on uh, the scanner for, uh, for, the, for Fastlane. So after that, uh, when you add your repository, you're going to be able to, let's say, that, okay, this is a fast, uh, fast uh, lane repository. These are the lanes you, had, you are able to, to run. Just select one, and instantly, here's your workflow. 
And for the the scanners, I, you mentioned that a lot of these integrations and a lot of these tools are actually totally open source, which which to me is really awesome because it makes everything pretty. You know, it's like pseudo documentation in a way. But is <laughs> yeah. uh, like are the the scanners something that that are open as well that you can kind of go in and contribute these things to? Actually, the scanner is open sourced, uh, so I think it's the uh, repository that scanner or something like that is the name. But you should not fork it and add any contribution it because we are going to release a new one in a couple of weeks. Actually, it's going to be written in Golang uh, and uh, basically it will be added to the Bitrain CLI. Very cool. Um, and, and still on the subject of, of custom integrations, um, is there any story, I mean, John had mentioned that, that he contributed, you know, an integration back, um, you know, that you guys accepted that, that I assume is now available as a, mm -hmm. a public step that anyone oh, can hopefully. add. <laughs> um, like, is it possible to create, say, reusable private steps as well, or is it um, like if I if I had a private repository with with some custom steps or something that I wanted to use across a few different repositories or workflows? Is is there so, a support for that? So to basically use something like this, uh, of course you uh, you can create your own step library as an option, or an easier way to do that uh, is to just simply add the Git repository inside the YMO. Uh, there's a format like Git uh, double dash double dash after the repository and the branch name, and in this case uh, you are able to use that. Of course, you can uh, use a username password to to get a private one or something like this. Uh, so that's that's an option, and also you can use uh, secret environments inside the YMR. Of course, it, we are not going to expose it for uh, the pull request. It's only going to be used for the normal builds because, in this case, uh, well, you don't really want to expose all the secrets to, <laughs> well, to other then guys. They wouldn't really be secret, I suppose. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So can you talk a little bit about like the the languages that are available to create your own custom steps? Like I, I know when I did the one uh, for installer app, I, I did it kind of copying the hockey app one in, in Go, <laughs> and it was a little bit you know out of my comfort zone um, as a C sharp developer. And I, I'm pretty sure a lot of C sharp developers going from Xamarin are gonna be interested in making some of their own steps. Do you have any plans for adding more languages to that process? Uh, actually, you can just simply contribute to it, and we are happy to to move them in, uh, them in. And if I'm correct, Xamarin already added the .NET support for uh, I mean the C sharp support for the uh, for the uh, Docker images. If I'm correct, Victor already uh, get them in the system, but I'm not sure about it, so I'm going to check it after the. After okay. The cool. Nice. Uh, so that would enable writing build steps and integrations in C sharp and say F sharp. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. That would be awesome. <laughs> yeah. So, um, you know, you mentioned secrets there, which, which kind of brings up uh, an, another thing that I wanted to talk about, which is kind of once you get to the, the publishing side of this, since mm -hmm. I know, you know, some of the steps and workflows that you have, um, you know, including Fastlane, uh, you know, start to get you into the realm of, say, publishing apps right to app stores and, you know, test builds and whatnot. So, like, what does the story look like around signing and publishing apps where you have these, you know, secure details like your your provisioning profiles and certificates and key stores and all that? Mm -hmm. So, currently, uh, for the iOS side, of course, you can use the Fastlane Match Cert and so on. Uh, for the normal uh, way to go, we have uh, a storage for that. Uh, you can upload the certificates, provisioning profiles to Bitrise. We are going to store it uh, uh, on S3 AWS. 
uh, of course, all the URLs when exposed are just for a couple of minutes. So basically, we are able to download it, but after that, uh, the URL expires. Uh, so it's totally secure saved, and you can basically use us to, to store all of these information. But we are currently not able to automatically update the UUIDs with the provisioning profiles. Uh, we have a couple of uh, feature requests about it, and uh, actually I looked into it, so it's uh, possible to do that with Spaceship. Uh, Felix Krauss created it, so I'm sure we would love to look into it and add this integration into. Nice, nice. Um, so, like, what is you know, even outside of say that side of it, you know, what what does it look like if I say I want to put um, if I want to put like say my password even to NuGet or like a, a key mm -hmm. an API key to NuGet or something where I don't use... I don't want that showing up say in my build logs, but you know I want it used in you know part of the process. You should go with the secret environment. So there is the app environment and the secret environments, and for all of these apps, just simply use the secret one, and after that uh, you can make sure this won't get to wrong hands. <laughs> <laughs> right. Uh, and actually, that, that reminds me of something that I'm not sure if we, we touched it on it up front, but, but in speaking about the, you know, your infrastructure and spinning up the, these virtual machines, so can you talk to like what, what happens after, after my build is done? You know, is, mm -hmm. is that virtual sure, machine sure. reused? Is it just tore apart and you know, scrapped? Uh, if we would reuse it, that would be totally unsecure, to be honest. <laughs> so basically what's happening there when uh, we are kicking off a new build, we're simply just starting up a new virtual machine, or we are using an already created one, but a totally new one, uh, just to basically save time for the users. We're downloading the codes, uh, running the build, and after everything is finished, we're basically uh, deleting all the virtual machines. So make, we're making sure that there's no information afterwards. Uh, we are storing only uh, the logs, uh, again, in AWS. So do you like spin up new images like in, in anticipation of new builds going in? Yep. Cool. That's the way. So you mentioned that there's a command line interface. Um, what can we all do with that? Actually, the same thing that, uh, that we can. So it's, it's literally the same thing that we have uh, on a hosted environment. Uh, you can run the workflows. You can create uh, integrations with it. And basically all of uh, this stuff. So what would that look like? Like, Would I get my YAML file and bring it down locally, and would I be able to run like exactly how it would run on your servers, but locally instead? Or mm -hmm. So, uh, yeah, totally. Uh, so you have these bitrise.yml, so the YAML file, and after that you can just call the bitrise run and the name of the workflow, and we are going to execute the same thing as we are going to execute uh, on the server. Uh, the nice thing about it and why it's cool is uh, it can be a lot of time if you had uh, problems and if you had to debug it on the server, it's pretty hard to do that. Uh, you can't currently SSH into the, the machines, so it's a lot easier to just download uh, the YMR, try it, uh, it on, uh, on your side, and after that, when you're ready, just simply upload it to Bitrise and you're ready to go. Right. Yeah, I know for myself, like one of the big reasons that always keeps me you know, using build scripts and, um, you know, most people know that I'm, I'm a big fan of like fake, but really just having build scripts like that is that your builds end up being completely reproducible locally. 
Mm-hmm. Um, so that's where having that CLI, I could see really coming in handy. So, yeah. so what is the st- like? What's the story there? Like, if I if I wanted to to run locally, say my build that was going to run on a, a Mac OS X host, like, what do I need to actually install? You know, is there anything besides installing the the command actually, line tool? You can install the Bitrise CLI from Brew or uh, again from Source. Uh, and after that, if you're able to to run the builds from Xcode, uh, there's nothing else you're going to need for that. So you can just simply run the YML, and uh, you should be good with it. And you mentioned, uh, if I'm remembering right, Docker images for, for the Linux mm-hmm. side. So is that like an image that you can just download from Bitrise yeah, and, yeah. and launch a Docker image and do the same thing? Mm-hmm. Again, uh, you can find uh, the Docker, find everything on GitHub on our side. And uh, what, uh, so there's two options. You can also create your own image and use that one on locally and on Bitrise. But of course, it's easier to use our own image as the base and uh, basically add all uh, the new stuff uh, from your set. And in this case, it's going to be a lot faster than just using something from the ground up. Right, right. That's awesome. Yeah, like I said, I, I love the, the local reproducibility of that. That's, that's, that's key. <laughs> Um, and, you know, so we talked about, you mentioned Xcode and, um, you know, so the regular native stuff, and we've talked about Xamarin. Um, I'm curious, like, what other, if there are any other kind of tool chains that you guys ship with, like, for any, say, like, Cordova platforms or anything like that? Uh, we have users who are using Cordova and Ionic. Um, and, again, basically, when we kick off uh, the new virtual machine, it's basically your, your own machine, so you can simply add anything to it. Uh, so what you're able to do on your machine, you can do it on uh, on Bitrise. Uh, so I would say you can do everything, but uh, the difference between that and the normal uh, supported ones is that we don't have the scanner for that currently. Right, but but I would also imagine that there's probably uh, well, there's there's almost certainly a a perf- or a timing you know a build length hit that you're going to take there if you have to install pull down and install like a whole yeah, tool sure, chain sure. just to run your apps, right? Sure, sure, but uh, for this, uh, Victor and the team just released one day ago the caching uh, for that side, so you can simply cache all of these uh, for you, and after that you don't really have to download it every time you, you kick off a new build. It's pretty fresh, so you should definitely check the documentation, and if you have any uh, addition to this, we are pretty happy to, to hear about it. That's awesome. So I'm sure that you know you guys really enjoy doing this, but um, you know you need to pay your own bills too. So can you talk a little bit about what the pricing models are like? Yeah, sure. So we have simple pricing model. Of course, uh, Bitrise is free from the start, and you can use it as long as you would like to. But if you'd like to have uh, an advanced, or you, if you would like to need more build time, basically more concurrency, we have the pro plan. That means that basically you have unlimited uh, team members, 45 uh, minutes of build time, and unlimited everything, and you're paying for one concurrency. And one concurrency costs uh, 50 uh, USD per month. And if you uh, need to run multiple builds, let's say five, you can buy five uh, concurrencies and you're ready to go. And it's just simple like the Heroku system with the Dinos. You have the slider, uh, you can set it, and that's all. Right. And, you know, well, for one, I, I love that there, there's a free open source option, which is which is great, because mm-hmm. um, I know for my own project, I just started going in and adding CI to, you know, every open source project I had, basically. And it was, <laughs> you know, 
and it feels a lot better when you have that nice green badge on in your your readme <laughs> yeah. file. Um, but but one thing I was wondering if there are any plans about maybe making like the the build status pages um, be public. So I know for say when I get a pull request to one of my repositories, you know mm -hmm. it, could, it could say the build is failing, but someone contributing that can't necessarily see why the build is failing. Uh, actually, that's that's a long request uh, <laughs> from the user side. Uh, I'm still not sure. Uh, if it will be added pretty soon uh, or not. Actually, we just don't really uh, sure if, it's, if, if it would be the next best addition to the service or not. Of course, you would like to have it inside. Uh, we're just not sure about the ETA about it. Cool. Um, and I know, I know we talked about it a little bit, but I'd be, I'd be curious to kind of revisit it. Um, you know, I know you guys said that you're you're very focused on in the mobile app space, um, and there's there's certainly no shortage of things for you guys to do there, I'm sure. But but also thinking about it from a, a consumer point of view, you know, someone coming into Bitrise that has mobile apps and also say libraries and you know Windows apps and maybe some server apps and stuff, you start to you start to have to fragment your your CI story across a few different services, right? So is is this something that you think that you have much interest in sort of tackling and expanding, or do you see there just being, you know, there's more than enough for you guys to do in the mobile space now, and that's sort of maybe uh, down the road? I would say definitely, but uh, not tomorrow, to be honest. <laughs> uh, so basically, first of all, I would like to have a full cross-platform solution on mobile, so basically Windows uh, and all, all of this stuff. And after that, uh, we can move to, uh, to the website. Uh, to add the support to the servers and so on, but uh, I'm not sure if it would be the best to just simply drop it inside uh, the same solution or create a new one. Uh, for this, uh, we are going to publish a, a public API, and after that, uh, you can simply just build on it, and I think uh, when we are ready with it, uh, we can be sure how we would like to, to solve this. So what's the next big, next big feature for Bitrise coming out? Organization support. Hopefully Organization support. It, it, it will be out uh, two, three weeks, but uh, I don't really want to say it for sure because after <laughs> that you can say we are not ready with it. <laughs> but uh, we have uh, pretty big uh, companies using Bitrise, and this is one of the, the biggest bottleneck currently uh, that we are seeing there. Of course, the other big one was the, the cache support, but finally it's, uh, it's out there. So, so the organizations are the next one. And if I'm not mistaken, are you guys headed to the Evolve conference? Yeah, uh, actually, in a couple of days, we are going to get the flights and go to Orlando. Uh, but I'll let Daniel uh, give you a couple of details about it. Uh, yeah, so we'll have a booth uh, next to the big guys, um, I guess. And uh, <laughs> we made sure that it's going to be a fun booth because, <laughs> well, uh, build automation is not fun in itself, but we. <laughs> We make sure to make it uh, in a in a fun way. So um, as Philips will be there, we thought, uh, what the hell? Uh, there is Philips Hue uh, smart light bulbs, and we created an integration for that. So there you could see your build status uh, blinking there in a Philips Hue uh, smart light bulb. We'll have uh, we will uh, be there on the mini hack side uh, in the Darwin Lounge, so where you can. Um, win custom t-shirts yeah they are pretty sweet so i'm uh, strongly rec recommending going for it and we'll have 
uh, tons of stickers and uh, we can help you set up your own Xamarin projects at our booth. So it's going to be freaking amazing, I think. <laughs> Sounds like it. That, that's going to be awesome. Yeah. Um, and one other thing I, I wanted to mention, you know, not related to, to that stuff, um, but just in passing, like as someone who's been using BitRise and, and paying attention, is that um, the Slack room that you guys operate as has been awesome. Like you guys are, you know, it's filled <laughs> yeah. filled with a whole bunch of people who are looking to help, including you guys who are answering questions. Like I'm not convinced you guys ever sleep, to be honest. So, <laughs> um, but but if, yeah. <laughs> but if, if you're someone like looking to get interested in or like get started with BitRise or you have any questions, um, definitely check out the Slack channel because I found it to be um, a really awesome community there. Yeah. Uh, so from the start, we wanted to have a great community. So we wanted to have something like this. And the interesting part, as the community grows, uh, we are there. We are really happy to help. But thankfully, uh, the community itself uh, is helping the newcomers. So if it happens that we are sleeping, you still can get uh, get all of your answers. Unacceptable, no sleep. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> cool. So I mean, we touched on on a bunch of stuff. Is there is there anything um, that we that we missed that you know def- listeners should definitely know about? Um, you know, other than go check it out. Uh, I think uh, we're talking about all the interesting stuff, so make sure to check out the site. And as you said, if you if you just hit any problems, make sure to check uh, the Slack channel. And after that, we are happy to uh, to bring you up uh, as soon as possible. Awesome. Well, guys, thanks so much for for taking the time out of your day to chat. Thanks uh, for having us. It was pretty cool. And thanks everyone for listening and we'll see you next time on Don Mobile.